everyone to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience, Common Sense in an Uncommon World. And uh, we're doing this recording before I end up heading out of town, um, in, in town for a honeymoon. And uh, well, it's, it should be fun. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, a couple, most, you know. Most honeymoons usually are. I, well, yes, yes. But 12, 13 days away from kind of uh, <clears throat> what I'm trying to do is just really you know, unplug for, for a while there, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, in that sense. <laughs> Just, it's a good idea to unplug. The one thing I've learned in life is you can unplug, come back and, uh, the crazy, the crazy will still be there. So, you know, but you here's one of the anything. things is I, you know, it's like, I told Amy, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I go, look, I'm, I'm going to try to unplug and stuff like that. And she's, and she kind of looks at me and she goes, it's okay. She goes, take your laptop. You'll be fine. She goes, I, I, you know, I, you need to kind of balance it out. But, uh, but I, one thing I am going to do is, you know, watch, try to watch plenty of football, find a place to watch some football. Some of this college football. I mean, it was just bananas this last weekend, you know, Alabama, Alabama Auburn. I mean, we were just good. watching all these close games and yeah, I mean, and it was sad were... to see Ohio state lose. I was just uh, going to say, was... oh, I, know, I it was... thought Ohio state would win that game, but you know, Michigan played a good game. Give them credit. A close game, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. but still, you know, ready to see, you know, what ends up in the, not just the, was it the Big Ten or I don't know if it's a Big yeah. Ten, Big 12 Pac or whatever. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC. Yeah. And then how, the, all the, how all the bowl games shake out, um, you know, and then, uh, and then, you know, Amy will be watching her 49ers, trying to find a place to watch her 49ers play. And so, I mean, but, I mean, what, is, and that's on the sports side, right? That's on the, on the sports side, I'm going to try to, you know, be able to catch and actually watch, you know, a couple of full games. But I mean, the other thing too, I mean, there's, it's like, we're full of like, even on the sports side of politics that we deal with. I mean, you've got this Thursday that you've got the governor of California, Gavin Newsom debating the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And so I may have to try to sneak out somewhere and, uh, and catch that, uh, catch that debate. Cause Mike, that, I, I've been, we've been doing this for a while, and I don't remember another time where we've got this, like, you know, presidential candidate debating the governor of another state. Well, it's it's it fits the. You're right, but it fits the mold. I mean, so far we've had three Republican presidential debates without the candidate who's fifty points ahead. So it really is. You know, people, it started out people, I think, incorrectly, by the way, saying that they were debating to see who would be his vice presidential candidate. And that's not what was happening. Basically, they're debating to see who's the last person standing so that in case he trips and falls somewhere in the legal process and for whatever reason cannot be the nominee, that person rises to the top. Um, and so... You know, you've never seen anything like that in politics before where, you know, you have these debates going on and uh, it's not a charade, but it's almost like, okay, the, you know, the person that you're running after is still, you know, you have a debate, go into the debate, he's 50 points ahead, you come out of the debate, he's 52 points ahead. So, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're there to see if he falls. That's like, you know, the guy's lapping you on the race, on the track, and you keep running in the hope that he blows a tire. Um, so that's that's what that one. And this one is kind of the same way. Uh, you know, it's the Hail Mary for Ron DeSantis. Uh, you know, can he stand up to 
you know, he can't stand up to Trump. He can't stand up to Nikki Haley. Um, you know, he it's it's can he stand up to Gavin Newsom and show to the Republicans that in case um, Trump does falter, he could be a standard bearer. And for Gavin, it's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, he you know, he gets to, you know, he has nothing to gain, nothing to lose. I mean, it's it's a it's a win win for him. You know, if he he gains something by going out there and showing who he is and defending progressive ideas and, you know, the progressives will love him and, and putting the feet to the fire. He already was running an ad attacking Ron DeSantis, um, you know, for, for what he's done in Florida. <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, that's and and no one expects, you know, Ron DeSantis to to be able to to lay a glove on the guy. Uh, so Ron has a lot to gain by it. DeSantis has a lot to gain by it. I think it's a smart thing for DeSantis to do. It's unconventional. Um, but it's one of those things in this election cycle that is completely out of the norm. But within this election cycle, it kind of makes sense. It's a last chance for DeSantis to prove his mettle against a, a progressive stalwart on the other side. It's another chance for Newsom to not run for president, but be ready to be president, the nominee for president in case something happens to Joe. Um, you know, it's a, it's just par for the course for 2020, 2023, 2024. It, it is par for the course. And the ad that you uh, uh, had mentioned, so right now Gavin Newsom is running an ad in Florida uh, attacking uh, Ron DeSantis over his stance on abortion. And, you know, he is he is running that ad is and, and, you know, it's a, it's a precursor to what we talked about, which is an issue that the Democrats are going to run. And here you have Gavin, here you have the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, running those ads. But, you know, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see. Yes, it is. It is the um, progressive wing of the party, you know, California with Gavin Newsom. And you've got, you know, DeSantis, who has done seems to have done a pretty good job over in Florida oh, yes. where. You have a lot of Californians that have moved into Florida, and not just those that are looking to retire. Um, you've got a you've got a Florida that um, didn't shut down during the pandemic, that kept things going. Mm-hmm. You've got a Florida that is, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, um, everything we've seen is doing well economically. Its people are doing well, and so you know he's going to look to try to contrast that over with California and you know what is happening in California and the progressives, not just. From the governor's office but also the progressives that are we finding in the d8 the district attorney's office and the mayor's offices that have led to you know some of this homeless crisis that we're dealing with some of this crime crisis but you know i just it'll it'll i i don't know what the what the point of i mean yes desantis is probably his last last kind of uh couple steps into whether you know whether he's he's uh he's viable or not um, and debating against Gavin Newsom, I just, I just hope he d- he's done his homework because, I mean, we saw when uh, Gavin Newsom went over with Sean Hannity. I mean, he just, he looked good. He is, and and this is this is kind of his realm. He's able to memorize a lot of stats and, and figures. And the thing is that you know he will try to overwhelm you with all these stats and figures. Um, but you know, it's it's when you start looking deeper into these stats and figures that uh, you realize that he's it's just it's just a bunch of BS. I hope, I mean, I, and I do hope this, I, I hope that the people that are advising Ron DeSantis um, in preparation for this debate do a whole lot better than they've done up until now. 
because you're right, Ron DeSantis has a great record as the governor of Florida. He's governed as a true conservative. Um, there's absolutely no reason that conservatives should not like Ron DeSantis based on his record in Florida. But going out onto the national stage has been a disaster for him, unfortunately. Um, even when he gets support from, you know, an evangelical leader in Iowa and the governor of Iowa, who is very popular, Kim Reynolds, and, and is a very good governor, um, it still doesn't make a difference. Uh, you know, the way they have presented him and packaged him, I don't think has done him justice. I hope that those that are advising him and preparing him for Thursday night at this debate um, do a better job than they've done so far. Uh, he deserves better than what he has had. Um, and he does have a good record in, in Florida. It is a great record to contrast to California. He has to be able to do that concisely, and he has to be almost um, prosecutorial in his approach with Gavin Newsom, because Gavin Newsom, as you said, <clears throat> is slick. He'll pull numbers out of the air, as well as other parts of his body, and they may be true and they may not be true, but he has a convincing way of using those numbers that you believe they are true. And so it, it's going to be a definite challenge for DeSantis. But if he's able to hold his own, I think people will take notice of that uh, because, and I think that I do think that will help him. If if he doesn't, then you know it's all it's all but done. Because honestly, we're now into it will be into December. Iowa votes, I think, the first week in January. New Hampshire votes the second week in January. South Carolina, I think, votes the second or third week of February. Then you got Super Tuesday. I mean, it's practically, you know, it's time. It's now go time. So this is this is a, a do-or-die moment for him. It's, it's strange that it's presented itself. He's got to take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and just and just going into your discussion of you know one number and underlaying other numbers. I mean, a clear example is just when you look at Gavin Newsom going out there and talking about oil companies that are you know and their profits and their gouging. I mean, he'll he'll still name Chevron and, and a bunch of other companies and saying, look, they're making forty billion dollars in profits, and while they may they may have made that amount of money, it isn't like so that money was all made in California. I mean, you got a lot of these companies that own a tremendous amount of other companies in addition to renewable energy projects that they invest in. They've got refineries all over the world. And so to try to blame those companies as gouging just here in California, but, you know, not anywhere else, it's just it, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's, it's knowing the number, but it's also knowing what's behind the number. And that is, you know, one of the areas that. I know for a lot of folks, you know, in running into politics, unless you've been doing this for a while and you've got some of that um, institutional knowledge or um, or can understand, you know, having to look beyond it. A lot of folks just get stuck over on what's what's right. what's on the Big top. Oil. Yeah. And, Big oil. and then they and then they get they get killed. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where. You know, I could see DeSantis going out there and saying, you know, well, right now, California leads the number in homelessness. You know, you've got over 50 percent of all the homeless residing in California. Gavin's just going to come back out there and talk about all the money and investments that have been put into fighting homelessness and how many people they've put into beds, how many people they've, they've been able to feed. You know, and, and you just got to be ready for the next for the next series of numbers that you've got to be able to push up, push back. And say, you're right. And you just made it worse. 
And when you're paying $780,000, $730,000 to fund a, a 220 square foot apartment for a homeless person, you know that the system's broken. And he, but he's right. got to be able to have some of these examples. And, and that's my and only the, fear. You know, that's my only fear. No, it's, a, I, it's, this, it's a very, very good point. You know, it's a very good point. He's got to be ready to come back and say, you know, why does it take a communist leader coming to San Francisco to clean up the streets? Right. Why, why, why did, you know, well, we want to always put our best foot forward. Why don't you want to put your best foot forward to the people that pay the taxes, to the people that open this and run their small businesses there? Those aren't rich oil people. Those are mostly immigrants from other countries, you know, in, in San Francisco area, probably mostly from the Asian community that, you know, came to America for an opportunity, opened a small business, want to hand that down to their kids. They're getting destroyed because of the homeless problems, the fentanyl problems and all this kind of stuff. That's not rich people, rich white people in the oil companies. That's, you know, average Americans, immigrants to this country that came seeking a dream. They're getting killed because of your policies. But if a communist dictator comes to our country, we're going to clean it up so that the communist yeah. dictator is happy, not you. Right. That's what he's that's what he's got to do. He's got to hammer. He's really got to hammer him, you know, mess his hair up a little bit. I, I agree with you. And, and and we'll see. We'll see if he does that. You know, it's it's a. And the other thing too, I, I I'm I I like this form a little bit more because it's not your seven or eight different people there. It's your it's your right. just two individuals going you know going at it. But I mean, you know, talking about you know six you know your five or six different people. I mean, that's what's going to happen the following week in uh, what's it in Alabama, yep. Tuscaloosa. It's going to be it's going to be another shot in Alab University Alabama. That's where Tuscaloosa is and. Uh, See if somebody can throw one into the to the end zone with no time left, and <laughs> Chris Christie goes back for a deep pass, and he throws the donut over the goal line. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. That's my wife's Christmas present. I'm sending her down to go watch the.